0: G'day, g'day, guys. Now, before we dive into today's show, I wanna ask you a few quick questions. Are you looking to take your investing career to the next level? Are you wanting an accountability partner who will push you to achieve your goals? Are you needing to surround yourself with successful investors and entrepreneurs in order to up your game and take control of your life? Well, if you've answered yes to any of those questions, I am super pumped and excited to announce that I'm starting the Syndicator Incubator Mastermind Group. This mastermind is a group of highly motivated, abundance oriented hand-selected hustlers and entrepreneurs who are ready to take that next step in their investing career. We are now taking applications for the next group of champions. If you're interested to find out more, then email me at info, that's I-N-F-O, at reedgoosens.com and put in the subject line, The Syndicator Incubator. Being a part of this mastermind group, you will have unlimited access to both myself and my business partner, Andrew Campbell, and you will understand how we have been able to build a portfolio of over 1,200 units worth over $120 million in under 24 months, and we've achieved financial freedom in the process. There are once a month mastermind calls with the group and a yearly conference where you will learn from the best in the business. So what are you waiting for? There are only limited spots, so get your application pack by emailing me at info at And remember, be bold, be brave, and go give life a crack. One of the fastest ways for us to recognize what we're capable of is
1: to look and to listen to somebody to see like, wait a minute, I thought that person was a superhero. I don't see a cape. Wait, they're just like me. They, they did it, so I must be able to do it as well.
0: G'day, g'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the US podcast from Los Angeles. I'm your host, Reed Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. Now, I'm glad that you've all tuned in to learn from my incredible guests, and each and every one of them are the cream of the crop here in the United States when it comes to real estate investing, business investing, and entrepreneurship. Each show, I try and tease out their incredible stories of how they have successfully created their businesses here in the US, how they've created financial freedom, massive amounts of cash flow, and ultimately created extraordinary lives for themselves and their families. Life by design, as I like to say. Hopefully, these guests will inspire all of my cracking listeners, which are you guys, to get off the couch and go and take massive amounts of action. If these guys can do it, so can you. Now, as you know... The I'm all about sharing the knowledge with my loyal listeners, which is you guys, and there's absolutely no BS on this show, just straight into the nuts and bolts. Now, if you do like this show, the easiest way to give back is to give us a review on iTunes, and you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter by searching at Reed Goosens. You can find this show wherever you podcast, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play, but you can also find these episodes up on my YouTube channel. So head over to reedgoosens.com, click on the video link, and it will take you to the video recordings of these podcasts, where you can see my ugly mug, but the beautiful faces of my guests each and every week. All right, enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show. Today on the show, the pleasure of speaking with Justin Stoddart. Justin is the founder of Think Big Real Estate and Podcast, which is founded, is really focused on helping real estate agents do exactly that think bigger. Uh, as an industry leader and educator, Justin is intent on helping to reshape the value proposition of the real estate industry to the consumer, uh, while helping real estate agents have stronger businesses that have have a better life so they can use it to impact others. Um, over the past two decades, Justin has owned and ran and grown small businesses, and he's really become an expert and a thought leader in the marketing and branding and business strategy space. I'm really pumped and excited to have him on the show to share his incredible experience and his insight into branding in and around real estate agents, but enough out of me. Let's get him out here. G'day, Justin. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today, mate? Hey, thanks so much for the invite. It's a total pleasure to be with you today. Mate, uh, same, same back at you. Um, we're talking a little bit in the green room before we, we, we jumped into this, but we, I did a show, I did your show a couple of weeks back and I had a really awesome time. And uh, we're talking a little bit about lighting, but uh, it's sort of all the geeky stuff we do with podcasting. But, but before we get into the nuts and bolts of today's show, do you want to rewind the clock and tell me how you made your first ever dollar as a kid? Yeah, you bet. I mean, outside of my own house, which is, you know, occasionally
1: you make kind of little chores um, in the house. My brother and I actually started a lawn care business Uh, back in the day. Maybe some of you remember. This will age me a little bit, but there was a show called In Living Color, and it was Hmm. this kind of hilarious spiff um, on with um, these uh, really funny African American uh, um, comedians. It was hilarious. It was called again In Living Color, and uh, they would talk about er how everything was mow better. And uh, so we decided to actually have our company name called Mow Better, M-O-W, kind of a play on words, Mow Better Lawn Care Services. And we thought it was hilarious. I don't know if any of our customers did, but um, despite the name, they still hired us. And uh, it was everything from mowing lawns to pulling weeds. And at that point, I started to realize like, I get paid better by these people than I do for doing chores at home, which is oftentimes for free. It was room and board, but right. But but, um, yeah, that's probably how it all began.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And so walk us through the, the background of how you got to where you are today. Like you didn't just wake up and you're Justin Stoddart you know, with his awesome podcast and real estate business. How did you become an entrepreneur?
1: You know, my parents, uh,
0: they taught us from a very young
1: age that, it, that um, owning something is probably the, the um, best way to get what you really want in life. And they were scrappy, uh, very kind of limited formal education, but were very street smart and they both built very successful businesses from the ground up. And we watched it from behind the curtain, right? From the outside, it looked like they just had this great rise. And uh, we saw kind of the messiness behind it and really the people that they grew into. And uh, so I aspired at a young age to be in business for myself. In fact, I never thought I'd be doing anything different. And uh, when I was, uh, I spent a couple of years overseas on a, um, on a church mission, came back and uh, went to work with my dad and stepmom at that point, uh, flipping homes we were flipping real estate properties. And, uh, they would fund the property and I would come in and do kind of the, you know, the rehab work and then we'd market it and sell it, split the proceeds. And, uh, although I loved the work, I realized a formal education would do me well. Um, I wanted to be the person, not just, uh, rehabbing the property. I wanted to be the person that was actually putting forth the money and let my money work for me as opposed to me working for me. (laughs) And so uh, I went off to school, actually studied construction management, um, Hmm. all the while in school, uh, I was, um running my own businesses. I actually had a window washing business that I, that put me through school. Uh, And then as I got a little bit further into school, I went to work for a high-end home builder. I realized like, okay, it's one thing to flip a home. It's another thing to build a multi-million dollar home. I want to do that. And so I went to work for a a general contractor uh, who was savvy at getting new business, worked for him for a couple of years and realized that his passion really wasn't building high-end custom homes. It was land development. By that point, he had put me to oversee his custom home division. And uh, so I, um, kind of started to rise with with his company as he grew. The market hit at a bad time for him. He was really over leveraged and ended up kind of selling everything off. Um, In part was his custom home business. He sold that to me. Um, And so I took that custom home business, building one to $2 million homes, pre-sold homes. So there wasn't a lot of risk in it. Um, But I did that for the next uh, number of years until uh, 2009, where really there wasn't much, um, you know, any really jumbo financing, there weren't any high-end homes, so to speak, of that were being built for the most part. And uh so um, at that point, my business had transitioned into from high-end custom homes, a very fun, uh something I could really be proud of, 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 of kind of putting my name on to kitchen and bathroom models, because that's all that was left. And everybody was pinching you for every penny. And it just wasn't very fun anymore. And I had to ask myself, did I ever really love building homes? And the answer was no, I never really loved building homes. But the uh, really the passion for me was, was the thrill of building business. And I realized that the hmm. only way to build business was by building myself, that my business never outgrew me, that I would, I would grow the business. And if I didn't keep up with that growth, uh, I would sabotage its growth and it would be right back where I was at. So I really became a deep fan and advocate of, of personal development and uh, really aspired to be in a business that allowed me to focus on that full-time, where my where working in my business was actually helping other people work on their businesses. And um, I was uh, fortunate to have a good friend who was uh, in the real estate space for years and then uh, transitioned into the title and escrow world. And uh, we connected and he offered me a job working for a title and escrow company, kind of in mean, the traditional role of what some might know as, a, as as a title rep, somebody who represents a title company. Encourages a real estate agent to use them or real estate broker to use that title company. That role didn't have a ton of value when I when I first looked at it from the outset. Um, it was really a role that was kind of a liaison between uh, you know the title department and the real estate agent. It was kind of more schmoozy. But my friend was wise enough to recognize that real estate agents needed much more than that. They actually they didn't need another lunch. They didn't need another friend. They actually needed business advice, business consultation, ideally from someone who had owned and ran their own businesses. And so he hired me into that role. And for the past five years, I've been really kind of turning this role into something very different that looks more um, ideally like a thought leader, like someone to where real estate agents can not just look at me as another vendor, not just another good option, but as an essential partner to help them get what they want. And uh, so that's really become a passion of mine. And now um, part of that process, I should say, Uh, has been actually building a a platform, a speaking and teaching platform, which is Think Bigger Real Estate. And uh, within Think Bigger Real Estate, um, I'm actually in the process of finishing up uh, a book uh, that really talks about that process of helping real estate agents and other well-paid sales professionals move beyond uh, industry disruption, move above it, rise above it, and become valuable enough and become a good enough leader that both their clients as well as other industry peers need them and they become an essential partner as opposed to just another good option so um, that's where i'm at today and, and really find passion in, in, in having built a, a really great book of business in the title and escrow world while at the same time building an educational and speaking training platform that will allow me to to scale and reach a wider audience
0: wow <laughs> a, lot, a lot to unpack there mate it's uh Construction management into high-end home flipping, now into title and escrow, and now into really niching down into a business to help other people work on work on their businesses yep. rather than being in their businesses. And I think it's very important. Uh, two things that you said there, just for those people who are listening and paying attention, is just the importance of building that 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 brand. And and I, obviously you're focused a lot with real estate agents, right? They're trying to be out there you know, facing the world, trying to attract business. But regardless of where you're at in your, regardless of what business you're at in, I should say, you need to be a person, a key person of influence, right? I have, I've had a lot of people on this show speaking about keep being a key person of influence was exactly what you're saying. You need to be that thought leader within your space, within your sphere, in order to grow more your business and in order to be make, become, make your business recession proof. And it's a really awesome topic that I love talking about. And a lot of people poo-poo that idea of being the thought leader and putting on the mic and the cameras and the podcast, but you need to do it to put, to really recession proof your business. Because if you are the face of the business, then you can pivot to whatever you want to do and people will still follow you. And exactly how people have done that with you, you've pivoted from being a title and escrow guy into now being a thought leader about helping other people grow their businesses. I think that's really, really important. Um, so, so tell me more about the The passion there, because I, you sound like you were doing something just to make ends meet, which was Mm -hmm. construction management into high-end home flipping. There must be more to it. Like you you say, there's a passion there, but where does it come from? Is it helping other people, or is it seeing the growth of a business come from sprouting from nothing? What is it? Yeah, you know, I think deep down, I believe that the greatest
1: uh, untapped natural resource in the world is 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 that of untapped human potential, and I think my greatest uh, joy in life uh, is seeing other people recognize their own potential and start to fill that role, start to move in that direction. And I see people with tremendous amounts of uh, talent potential um, who kind of sit on the sidelines, um, scared of taking an action. And I'm sure you see this as well, Reed, that there's 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 people who have what it takes. The only thing stopping them is one tiny little pathetic fear it's keeping them from really getting in the game, and so when, if I can help people unlock that and really start to recognize how much they're capable of, uh, it's it's a thrill for me. It's an absolute thrill for me. And, and what ends up happening as they do that is that their business grows. Um, you know, their family then has uh, you know the kind of the life that that they should have, and the causes mm-hmm. that that person supports and 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 contributes to start to have what they have. But again, it all comes down to the person. Uh, all of us recognizing that there's way more potential inside of us than we're living up to right now.
0: So, how do you unlock that thinking bigger mentality? Because I know definitely as an Australian uh, coming to the United States and in most Western world countries, people have this sort of image of themselves. They've got these blinkers on; they never can get out of their own bloody way. So, how do you how do you how do you start taking peeling back the onion so that doesn't that's so it's not so limiting in their belief? Yeah, no, it's a great question, uh, Reed. And,
1: and and I would think that probably the biggest that I've found, and probably as a result, it's the architectural design of my show. Is that you know the Think Bigger Real Estate movement is really I, I interview people like you, and that's exactly why we connected. Because I wanted to have you, a big thinker, came here from Australia with with literally nothing, in a matter of what eight short years, you've turned it into you know this building empire that's now inspiring other people to do the same thing. It's really taking people like you and putting them in front of my audience because I think one of the fastest ways for us to recognize what we're capable of is to look and to listen to somebody to see like, wait a minute, I thought that person was a superhero. I don't see a cape. Wait, they're just like me. They, they did it, so I must be able to do it as well. And so uh, that's kind of, the, kind of the first method right, is to get people in contact with other big thinkers, high achievers, which gives them then the ability to start to see themselves differently. They start to see themselves inside that person that was where they are, but now they're somewhere where they want to be and and they start to, you know, kind of be this, um, you know, uncocoon, if you will, and turn into this butterfly. Uh, sorry about the crazy uh, insect <laughs> analogy, but, but right, you you start to like, see that, wait a minute, this person isn't that much different than me, like, they're wow. in a different spot than me, but it doesn't always have to be that way. And I had um, Grant Cardone, many of you know, um, him on my show. And, you know, I'd like to say that Grant's definitely for sure, way wealthier than I am and, and, and definitely smarter than I am. But it was interesting having a conversation with him. I, it really unlocked for me of like, we're not that much different. Like granted, mm. like if you ask the outside world, like, yeah, you guys are very different, right? But internally, it like made me realize like, okay, Grant's, Grant's just put a lot of effort on taking some really solid good ideas and getting them out to the world at 10x levels. And um, it's more about how well he's gotten at broadcasting his value than even creating the value. No, no, no disrespect to his value um, and the value that he's created because it's significant. I tune into him every day. Uh, but again, I, I think there are other people out there that maybe have similar value, but they just haven't put the courage behind and the effort behind getting it out to a wider audience. And mm. um, and so again, kind of opportunities like that, both for myself as well as for others. And and I realize that you know, in in my little circle, I can't I can't see my greatest potential just by being around the people that I happen to, you know, sit down the hall from or interact with in my, you know, in my day to day. But if I could reach out again to great, great thinkers, people like Grant Cardone, people like you, and bring them not just in front of my audience, but in front of me. Right. And now we're friends, right? We're like we're in the like you're part of my network. You're part of my value offering. And uh it it changes me and it changes my value offering and changes
0: my mindset, changes everything. That's awesome. No, I think that's it's so much to unpack there. I, I, I guess the big thing for me f- is how did you start to allow yourself or give yourself permission to be bigger and think bigger? Because it has to start with you, right? If you're going to be the expert, you would have to have come to a conundrum at your stage of your career, your growth, that you're saying, "Yeah, uh, Justin, I can do this. You know, I can go out and be bigger. I can go out and think ten x and put myself out there." Yeah. So, how did? Were there any demons when you started down this this path? Yeah, you know, I think. <laughs> life's greatest appointments oftentimes
1: come from our greatest disappointments. And I had my share of disappointments. I think it's in those times that you really do some deep soul searching you know, everything from a construction industry that was, that was failing. And I, I was on top of the world until I wasn't right until the mm. industry crash. And here I was, um, a father of two children at the time and, uh, drinking, um, I, actually carrying around on job sites with me, a half gallon of milk i had an ulcer and that was the only thing that made it feel better to where i could finish out the homes um you know to that experience to taking a stab at network marketing and having literally feeling the like the lows of all lows of an industry that's really um not looked upon well and having your entire network like frown upon what are you doing and uh feeling like yeah like what am i doing and this is again no disrespect to the industry it just wasn't a fit for me and for the brand and identity that i wanted to create and, um, going back and saying like, who am I supposed to be like now it's fast forward. I've got six children. I don't know if you knew that about me, but, um, wow, that's a lot And <laughs> my, my wife and I are very ambitious in that regard. And, uh, so, you know, there's, there's, um, not an option to play small anymore, not just because I have a lot of responsibility, but because I want a lot of responsibility and not just with taking care of, 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 of my family, but in helping other people take care of their family. And so again, kind of going back to, um, those lows, as uncomfortable as they are and as di- and as terrible as they are. And maybe there's someone listening to this today where it's like, man, I have hit an all-time low, right? I'm 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 in debt, you know, significantly. I'm uh you know my I've i I just lost my job or my business is failing or even relationships are failing. If you're in that spot, I know as easy as it is for me to say, because I, I'm not in that spot right now, but it, as easy as it is for me to say this, I'll, I'll just say that I've been there. And that moment, this moment that you're in right now can serve you more than any high times. Because again, it causes you to search deep within and say, what am I supposed to be? And, I, and this, is, this is it. Like I'm, the standards I'm gonna set for myself and am setting for myself are way higher than this. I'll never see this place again. This is, this is rock bottom for me. And I'm gonna one day be in front of people telling this story. And I hope to inspire other people that are at a low at that point in life Knowing that they can also, you know, create greatness in their form or fashion. So, um, I don't know. Maybe that that helps somebody. Yeah,
0: no, it does. I think it, I think it totally does. Having those moments of clarity when you are at rock bottom yeah. to having to pick yourself up, and it, but it takes a certain type of not person, but a certain type of mindset to even when the chips are down um, to know that you can pick yourself back up and pull up your socks and, and the, the sun will rise tomorrow morning, you know, you can count on that, right? And yeah. so it's 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 sort of getting out of – you're talking about you walking around the job site with a gallon of milk to sort of st- quell a stomach also because you're so bloody stressed. Yeah. It, it's like the job will get done. The, the There are bigger things you've done – what i find on this show and i'm sort of squirming a little bit is that a lot of people do get into these situations where they they get to rock bottom um but when we step back to sometimes realize in the situation in the moment you're thinking it's the biggest thing that's going to hit me since you know world war ii but when you really break it down it's like okay it's it's a house and we're we're a little bit over budget or it's it's an issue a little bit over budget but I'm not like I'm struggling on the streets or there's a wall breaking out outside because we live in a third world country or something like that. Like there's just so much more perspective to it. And when you start having perspective and you start taking deep breaths and meditating and all that sort of stuff and realizing everything is, we can get over any issue that we face, if we face in life, if we put our mind to it. I think that is a real key of, of understanding, putting stuff into perspective when you are in those low moments, which is a real hard you know, physical thing to do when you're so down on yourself because you think, "Geez, nothing's working." But I think it's such it's such an imp- important thing to learn and skill to develop as as we grow as entrepreneurs. So, um, so, so, Justin, I want to get into a little bit more about maybe the nuts and bolts of how you go about when you walk into a business. What are the big things you're looking for when you start to rebrand or start to? We we spoke about obviously there's a mindset of the person who is behind the business, but how do you go out and then we got the mindset. So yes, I'm on board. I, I love what you're, you. I'm know, picking up what you're putting down. What do you then go do to try and implement a strategy to make them that key person of influence, or to make them that that thought leader in their little sphere of influence? It's a great question.
1: I mean, it's 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 a great question. I think there needs to be alignment to start off. You know, I, I had somebody tell me at one point um, they'd never seen anybody do so many consistent live videos. I think for years and years, I've done you know a live video every day, and then some. And uh, they said, like how, like, how do you do that? I've seen people kind of fizzle out from that. And I said, I just found out that I, like, I love talking about what I'm talking about. Like, it doesn't seem like a chore or a burden. And I think in order for a business to be successful, really any business can be successful, right? If they deliver on the promises that they offer to their customers. Uh, but the key to that is that there's got to be consistency. I think consistency is the silver bullet. It's, it is the magic bullet. It's, what, it's the differentiator between mediocre businesses Um, and and great businesses. And the reality is if the owner of the company, if the leadership team of the company does not see what they do for a living as part of their own personal brand, then they won't embrace it fully enough to make it consistent enough to ever work. It might work for a period of time because they're looking for the numbers, they're looking for the money, looking for this. But unless the, the values and the brand of the person Are so well reflected in the company. It's at some point it's it's going to fail, and so I think that even from a starting point, even as as much as going back to, you know, kind of the 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 values of the company, and ultimately what's the what's the end contribution that that business is going to make in a society? Because if people can can have that say, boy, that's me, right? And so for me, this TV back here stands for think bigger. And as I've kind of shared my mission of helping untap that greatest untapped resource, which is human potential. For me, that's like, that's who I am to so where this doesn't feel like a burden at all to get on and, 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 and share because it's, it's me, right? It's, mm. and it's, it's a full expression of me. And so again, going back to alignment of actually being able to say my business is me and I'm my business, right? Not because you don't have any work-life balance. I'm not talking about that. Of course, you're going to go spend time with your family, but, but it's got to be such an, such just an outspring of who you really are then everything else gets really easy, right? All the other components get easy once you get that foundation in place uh, because now it just becomes more of the tactical, which is uh, right, kind of top of funnel, right? Which is how do I reach a really broad audience and start to gain mind share of really show up in people's minds regularly enough that they think of me? And how does that then turn into enough trust where when I reach out to connect with them and prospect into them, that they wanna sit down and meet with me to where I can share my value proposition And then delivering on that and having the team and the operations and the infrastructure and the accounting on the back end to fulfill on everything that's promised. Uh, But again, I I would say alignment with who somebody really is at the core is a one priority. And then again, from there, casting a really broad net, getting a lot of attention. Similar to what I said about Grant Cardone, right? He may or may not have the best content out there, but he's got the best consistent outreach. And so he's in everybody's brain. You know, if you've crossed Grant's path, he starts showing up everywhere. Sometimes ad nauseum, nevertheless, who am I learning from right now? It's, it's, it's Grant, right? Because he's right. just, he just, he's paid the price to own the real estate in my brain. And, uh, we all need to do similar. I think we underestimate how much our own content and brand gets diluted with the onslaught of, uh, competing, um, inputs in today's world, right? All of the different, right? Email, Facebook, Facebook messenger, Instagram, Instagram messenger, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, messenger, like all these things, text, phone call, TV, like all these things, are diluting um, any value that we bring into the marketplace. And so, doing a lot of it is actually super important to to be able to have people remember you. They'll never use you if they don't remember you. And so, then right. once you get clear on who you are, then it becomes okay. We got to get your message out there far and wide, um, so that then when you reach out to contact, it's not cold. It's oh, I know you. I've watched you, and that's what's happened. It's been fun in my market. It's like. I call people today who were strangers to me, but they're like, Oh my goodness, I love watching your show. Or you've come and taught classes at our office. And I'm like, shame on me for not knowing that. But at the same time, that's kind of the fruit of,
0: of just being really consistent at, 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 you know, speaking frequently. I'm interrupting this episode to remind you guys about the Syndicator Incubator Mastermind Group. If you want to take your investing career to the next level and surround yourself with the best in the business, then apply today. Spots are filling up fast. I'm only taking a handful of people for the next round, so get your application by emailing me at info, I-N-F-O at reedgoossens.com. Remember, be bold, be brave, and go give life a crack. Now, back into the show. Yeah, you know, I think it's so important. I think what you just said, they're paid for the price of the real estate in my brain. And that is through consistency. And you're right, that there's so much different noise out there today to try and stand out. And so I i think, I don't already know the answer to this question, but to stand out from the noise, it's consistency, right? Yeah. 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 100%. So how, 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 how do you not get a diluted brand or message you want to still come across as genuine, as, um, you know, down to earth, as not this sort of showboat? Because a lot of people do look at someone like Grant Cardone and they think, geez, he's just, you know, he, he's he's always about money, 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 money. Where's my yeah. money? At? Where's my money? At? Where's my money? At? Blah, 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 blah. And they can see a, a fakeness there. How do you... Because you've also got to remember, you don't want to be, particularly in your real estate world, that people want that mano a mano, right? They want that down humble touch. They don't want to be yeah. dealing just with superstars, right? Because superstars can come with an ego, and, ego yeah. and no one wants to deal with ego. So how how do you be creative with that part, that piece of the the pie? You
1: know, I think it's, and this is something that I'm really working on right now. Is that, um, and this again just takes more time and attention, but it's it's getting the the audience engage, right? If, if I'm just talking at you, like for example, Rita, if, if this was you and me talking and it was just you talking at me the whole time, I'd lose interest pretty quick. Right. It, it would be kind of, this is your show and obviously it's all about you. But the fact that you're engaging with some, some of the best questions I've ever been asked, and I mean that sincerely, um, I'm still interested, right? And I'm interested in what you say and your response to that. And so I think from a, from a social media standpoint and a and a branding standpoint is that a brand gets a lot further if it can engage its audience. And I'm not saying just speak and then follow up on comments. That's part of it, but actually engage them in the content creation by asking questions. You know, I'll get, right. I get, you know, for example today, and I put out a lot of content where it's just me talking or me interviewing or whatever. Um, today I asked the question what would you do if you had to get two listings by the end of this year? And like the responses have been fantastic. And it's in two different places, both in my closed group, as well as out on my public profile. And, um, you know, the amount of answers and I've got people calling me saying, man, that was a great question. Here's what I'm doing. That's working. So all of a sudden it's, it's crowdsourcing the content, right? It's not about, this is just the Justin show. It's like, no, sure. I'm the moderator. Right. And I'm the, <laughs> like, kind of, I'm, I'm the leader of the conversation, but this gets really good when we get everybody's input here. So I think it's going at that approach of like collectively we're way stronger than individually and, and not have it be about building a statue of yourself. But let's in fact, um one of my mentors put it this way. He said, rather than writing a book, I want to see how many, how many of other people's books I can have a chapter in. And I mm. like, like grammatical, grammatically that's way wrong how I just (laughs) stated that you get the point of like
0: that's right yeah no I get the point
1: how can I make an impact in so many other people's lives as opposed to just people being impressed with my life you know
0: right right no because I think the the, there is an element of there's so much because you at the beginning when you start out it's it's all about the Reed Goosen show or the Justin show Mm -hmm. or whatever the Grant Cardone show and it's, it's building this story and this brand and this narrative around it to get people to oh, I like what he has to say. I like his accent or I like he's down to earth or I like mm-hmm. this, this and that about it. And then from there, how do you then go and scale a business to then be able to step away from it? Because that's the part that yeah. you're, you're you're obviously giving a lot of great content, but there will come a time when you might want to step away. And I know Grant um, mm-hmm. has a little bit, has a few extra people on his on his panel right now. You know, he's got his wife who's really involved. Yeah. So it sort of keeps the uh, spotlight off him a little bit more so he can just have a normal life, right? Because it is a lot constantly doing Content all the time, and I'm sure you 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 know the pain, right? Yeah. So, do you find that with people when they're trying to build that brand that they get to that burnout point? So, how do they then build a brand that they don't burn out? Yeah, I mean, I think again, a
1: one back to the alignment is like, is this? In like fact, one of my mentors said, um, if you're if you're concerned about shooting video because you don't know what you're going to talk about, shoot 100 videos because the first 100 videos aren't for your audience anyway. There for you to figure out what you want to talk about. So I think part of it is just start talking, even if you don't know what you're going to say yet, because in that process of talking, you're going to find out like, boy, that fired me up. Like that lit my soul on fire when I talked about that. Um, Whereas other things you're like, boy, that's super boring. Like if I were to get up here and talk about title and escrow ins and outs, like you'd be bored, I'd be bored. Maybe someone out there would like it, but it wouldn't be me. Uh, But again, that's, (laughs) I mean, that's the business that I'm in fortunate for me, I'm not on that side of the business. I'm on really the business development side where I get to work, you know, need to need with real estate agents. Uh, but again, I think it's finding something that you're really passionate about and that, that helps prevent the burnout. And then again, I think as you can start to engage more people in it and really get curious about other people, that's one thing that um, I'm sure you love about, you know, the way you're going about building your brand, the way I'm going about building mine is that I'm constantly looking to bring other people in that are way smarter than I am, that are looking, that can contribute to my audience, where it's not just my audience hearing from me. It's my audience hearing from, from, from smart people.
0: That's and, uh, awesome. No, I think being, being curious about other people, and that's how you yeah. moderate a show, or that's how you bring, deliver content. I think that's really, really important. Um, so, so tell me, walk me through the, the business that you have created for people that are listening to this. Are you a coach? Are you a speaker? Like, how do you get paid to do what you do?
1: Yeah. So I'm actually uh, funded by the title company, right? So I have a, okay. Um, that's, my, that's my business. I, I work for them um and uh i get paid based on revenue that closes with my title company got it uh, so got it. it behooves me to to go add as much value as i possibly can to the real estate agents that are producing that have the ability to tell their clients we're closing at old republic title we're going to close at this company um and and my goal behind that right kind of the traditional uh, value proposition has been, hey, we'll, we'll do a better job of closing your title and escrow, right? That's been the, kind of the value proposition. <laughs> and, and my role would be out there to tell you like, hey, we have people that will close your, um, you know, your deals faster, better, smoother, which I think is the baseline. Of course, you have to do that. But right. I've, I've made my role not about telling the value that others on my team bring. My goal is really to help them have more closings, Mm-hmm. Right? Not just better closings, but more closings, more and better closings. And so, uh, again, the way that I do that, first of all, I try and lead by by example. If I can be building a business in a way that other, other, other um, clients of mine would look to and admire, both from the marketing side as well as the strategy side, as well as the follow-up side, as well as even the sales side, if they can look at me and say, boy, that's how my operation needs to be functioning, would you come in and teach us what you're doing? Or I can reach out to them to say, hey, um, you know, through my experience in in, in growing previous businesses as well as this one, here's what I do when it comes to prospecting. Here's what I do when it comes to marketing. Here's what I do when it comes to social media. Um, And I can say, I'd love to come in and share that with your team. And I have some credibility because they've seen me do those things or they've appreciated the way that I've done it. Uh, Then that changes the dynamic. I'm no longer just a vendor. I'm actually, I've kind of moved into the, you know, into the mentor role. Uh, So, so that tends to change um, the dynamic there and allows them to say, look, we get enough value that we're closing more business because Justin's a part of our business. And number two, his team is fantastic. So it's actually the closings are better. We're going to try and direct all of our customers to go through his title company, which I get paid on. So. um, Got it. Yeah, Got it.
0: That's, it's an interesting way because that is a lot, a lot how, you know, my underlying business isn't podcasting or right. selling books. It's it's actually investing in real estate. And so the 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 value is which you bring to someone else, and you lead with education first and foremost to help them be better, be more, be stronger, be better brand, whatever it might be. Uh, in my case, it happened to be about investing here in the United States and how you go about doing it. And if you want to go create businesses or in and around real estate syndication, fantastic. Or you come and just invest with me and do, you know, just invest alongside of me. So there, there are underlying businesses, but I think the most important common thread here is that you've got to lead with that education. And if you're not leading with that education that you're passionate about then you don't have anything to build a totally. business on. And, and, and I think that is what the differentiating factor is, given that there's so much title companies out in the world, there's so many syndic- real estate syndicators out in the world. How do you stand out from the noise? And I think that's, that's a really interesting way how the title company has gone to put you as an educator on the front end to attract more business to the back end, which, you know, let's, I don't want to sugarcoat it for anyone listening to this show. It's just like, it's a smart way of doing it. It's a, it's a new way of business development. Right. So yeah, it's it, uh, it's interesting, you
1: know, and I've had to be okay. I mean, a, a downside to this is I don't have a very sexy title. I, I mean, I'm a sales <laughs> executive and that's like right. not very high up the ladder. And, and and this isn't meant to brag, but I've been, I've been offered opportunities. Like, do I want to climb that ladder? do I want to move into kind of the next leadership role. And it, it's like, for my ego's sake, I totally do. Right? I actually want a better title. I want to be VP of this and director of that, and head of that. But at the end of the day, that's not really where I put my passions at. My passion is actually being in the trenches, knee to knee with agents. And so I've had to overcome that. And I think I would encourage any that work for a for a for a large company that you, that that you can lead from within. You don't. Again, going back to what I had said, what my parents had told me originally is that look, if you actually want to get ahead, you need to own your own business. Now, think bigger, real estate you know, think Big LLC is its own business. Like keep in mind that there's a separate monetization strategy behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, but my income right now comes from, um, an employer, right? I'm a W2 employee and it's, that wasn't an f- easy pill for myself to swallow right away. Right. Cause I've always seen and preached and, and experienced the value of, of being a business for myself. But I realized that, that this isn't, I don't see it as an employer employee relationship. They've really, um, I've created a platform through which I yep. can reach a lot more people and monetize what I'm doing um, and have a better quality of life. So again, um, you know, I see myself here for, you know, for a long, long time, but I think that there's, there needs to be, um, you know, within people who, who don't necessarily aren't just entrepreneurs who go out and start their own business. You can be an entrepreneur. You can, mm-hmm. wh- wherever you stand, you can lead, right? You don't have to have the business card or the title on your desk in order to lead. Like go, you can build a brand, um, insight of where you're at that benefits where you're at. And, and that's been um, an interesting experience for me and my employer too, because I they don't know quite what to do with me. Right. I'm not the typical um, employee and um, right. I think they've gotten accustomed to that and they've embraced it and, you know, the results have followed. So, so far,
0: so good. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's, it's a really cool way of, illustrating that employee employer role. And I think that's, it's important to think outside the box. You can do your own thing. You can have your own side hustle, but it can be also help benefit the overall business as well of what the underlying business is, which happens to be a title company in this, in this example, but there's so many other examples that we could, we could go into. Um, Justin, what, what, what does the future hold for Think Bigger Real Estate and, and, and your brand and your business, uh, you know, in the next, decade because we are coming to the end of the decade right where oh, yeah. new, a new decade is upon us so what's the next decade going to hold for you
1: you know i one of my favorite things that um, i've been taught to do is is to not just do an annual goal setting plan uh but to actually have the plan be very iterative to where i go through I, I review my goals every morning it's part of my morning mm-hmm. routine um i look at my 10-year goals once a month um you know and and for me you know it's um Long-term, it's a net worth of uh, you know, $5 million. It's investment properties, um, whether they be uh, you know, real estate and or digital assets mm-hmm. that have entirely set me free. Um, and really at that point, what's the platform where I can reach the most amount of people? It may very well be the seat that I sit in right now, together with you know, large keynote speaking opportunities, um, together with digital paid products on the back end of that. Um, we'll see if my um, employer loves that idea, uh, but really, it's you know where can I go to reach the most amount of people to get my message out, which is there's untapped human potential inside of you um, that I'm a, that I want to help unlock because that will only make your world and the world a better place. So, um, as far as you know what that looks like, ideally, I would I would be in the same seat that I'm in, just building a massive. Uh, uh, you know book of business in the title and escrow space because that gets me in the trenches working directly with real estate agents which gives me the content the um, place to practice the content and the day-to-day experience of working with real estate agents in their business so that then I can go take that content and that material and 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 market it and offer it at scale and uh, awesome. so I predict that it you know at some point as early as this year that that that, that monetization strategy may surpass the one that I'm in but mm-hmm. I I don't foresee myself wanting to give this one up because it it you know, puts me on the front lines of of really learning the best way to help agents.
0: Sure, but it also puts you in a really powerful negotiation position. So sure. you get to you get to be that again that key person of influence uh, in and around the title and escrow sphere uh, where people want to come and do more business with you, and you can pick and choose where you want to direct that business. So I think that's. Putting yourself in the front in the driver's seat does inherently make you recession-proof as a business. And and as much as people don't like to hear that uh, because it's icky to get yourself out there and doing all that publicly-facing stuff, you got to kind of get out of your own way and sometimes to, in order to attract more and more business. So awesome, awesome stuff, mate. Um I, at the end of it, I don't want to be very respectful of your time because I don't want to go over too long, but so at the end of every show, uh, we get into the top five investing tips. Are you ready to dive right into it? Let's do it. All right, mate. What is the daily habit you practice to keep on track towards your goals? So again, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a morning routine
1: that involves a couple of things. Number one, I write my one-year goals every day. And I write why I want those one-year goals. So it's not just the, um, I want to make X amount of dollars, but it's I want to make X amount of dollars so that we as a family can do this, 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 and this. And I actually rewrite those out. Um, and, uh, and then I, again, have a plan in place to where I look at the five-year and 10-year goals on a, on, on a monthly basis. But reconnecting myself to those goals every day um, and actually uh, learned recently to do that at the end of the day, or at least touch base with my goals. And time during the day where I'm feeling down, where I'm disappointed, I suffered a loss to go back to the goals. Because again, if consistency is the magic bullet, I, there, I can't allow any time uh, to pass where I'm not working towards my goal. And so oftentimes you, you suffer a loss and you're kinda, you want to take the rest of the day off, or you want to mope, or you want to peruse on social media unintentionally. And so revisiting that goal during the day when I've suffered a loss gets me back on the horse faster, allows that, that you know, the magic bullet of of consistency to to kick in.
0: Awesome. No, I think goal setting is hugely important and it gets it out of your head and onto paper, which is even better, right? You're not yeah. thinking about it all the time. Um, what is the most influential, who is the most influential person in your career to date? Um, as of currently right now, I mean, not Originally, well, like but- who, 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 who has just overall overarching has been the most influential in your career. Looking back, if you were to pinpoint one pivotal moment in your life because of one other person. Yeah. You know,
1: I would say uh, this is going to be a, a, maybe a different answer than you expected, but it's actually my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not at all. Because my wife is the, the CEO of our home um, where we have six children and none of this would be possible. One, I probably wouldn't have the fuel and the desire to want to succeed at a high level if I weren't deeply inspired by six little people and her. But the fact that she can run that organization seamlessly with maybe a check-in call during the day and I come home and things are uh, working well, it inspires me to want to contribute and make her life really, really awesome. So um, yeah, I would say that she's, she's the biggest inspiration for all of it. Awesome.
0: Awesome. What is the most influential tool in your business? And when I say tool, it could be a software or it could be hardware or it could be something completely out of this world that I don't even know. But what tool do you use on a daily basis to help you be successful?
1: You know, again, going back to our topic of, of, of kind of broadcasting, um, I would say a microphone and a camera, right, which oftentimes comes <laughs> included in one computer, that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good I am or how much value I can offer. If nobody knows about it, it doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. so... Um, I would say, um, you know, a simple laptop would be, um, that's not actually what I'm filming from. I've got a little more sophisticated setup here now, but, it, but initially it wasn't, it was my phone, you know, it was, it was the tool of my phone of hitting Facebook live and doing it consistently for a year and a half every day to where people could hear me, got me out of obscurity, it caused people to know who I am so that they would then, uh, start to tune in and, and actually want to hear more about, you know, what I had to offer. And, and me awesome. be able to develop what I could offer that would be valuable to people.
0: Mm. No, it's, it's, I think that's it's a, it's a good one. It's a good one on your phone and, and being able to have a microphone, right? So yeah, broadcast. That's awesome, broadcast. Um, you, you, in, in this career that you've gone down the path in, what has been the biggest failure in one sentence? And what did you learn from that failure? I think lack of focus.
1: Mm-hmm. And I would say probably as a result of ego. Uh, There was a point where I was getting pretty restless in the role that I'm in uh, because I wasn't comfortable not having a bigger title. And uh, it actually took um, one of my key escrow officers leaving the company to go somewhere else because she thought that another salesperson from another company would take better care of her, um, which was a real shot shot to the ego. And I realized like, what am I doing? One, I've made a commitment to these people that I'll support them better than anybody else. But... Secondly, um, I'm in a spot where I can have the life that I want and 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 the audience that I want because it because of again the Think Bigger platform that I'm building, that I don't need a title. So again, um, yeah, the failure would be uh, lack of focus as a result of ego.
0: Awesome. I think that's a really good one. I think ego can cloud so much vision, um, so many people's visions and aspirations because there's a difference between aspirations and there's a difference between ego and you've got to keep them both in check. And I think that's so super important as, as an entrepreneur when you're building businesses. So um, check the ego at the door. Mate, last question uh, for you. Where can people reach you to continue the conversation? They want to be in your sphere. They want to check out a little bit more about what you do. Where do they go? I uh, really appreciate you asking that. You know, the, probably the best place is think bigger, dot real estate. Uh,
1: there's no dot com at the end of that. It's just think bigger dot real estate. Um, there you can sign up to get, uh, weekly updates as to the, the interviews that I'm interviewing. There's also a place there you can connect with, um, you know, the podcast, um, and, or the YouTube channel, whatever kind of platform you best use to consume, uh, it, it uh, content that will help you think bigger. Um, it can be found there of that's the hub, right. Where all the content goes, think bigger mm-hmm. dot real estate.
0: Okay, cool. Mate, uh, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the show today. I just want to sort of reflect back a few of the things that I took away from today's conversation. I think the biggest one obviously is consistency um, alongside the ability to know that you are... Who's going to be able to, or how do you imprint someone and go and buy real estate in someone's mind? Right, we talk about Grant Cardone and how he is—he's bought the real estate in your mind because of his consistency. And I think that is really important as when you're going out to develop a brand. But the underlying theme of that is to by developing a personal brand through consistency and through thought leadership you're making a recession-proof business. And I think that is what you've learned today. And that's what you're now empowering so many other people out there to do. And I, and I did like your other one before, of like lack of focus as a result of ego. I think that's a super, super powerful, um, little bit of gold nugget at the end there. But, um, but did I leave anything out, mate?
1: Uh, this has been awesome. It's uh, exceeded my expectations. You're a fantastic um, interviewer. And, Thank uh, you. and uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a total pleasure. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to, to continue our friendship.
0: Awesome, dude. Well, look, I want to thank you again for taking some time out of your day. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your week and the holidays that are coming up and, and we'll catch up real soon. Sounds great, man. Well, there you have it. another cracking episode, Jam packed with some incredible advice from Justin and how he's gone about keeping a W-2 job, but also helping so many other people out there build their businesses from nothing and really focus on building that thought leadership platform in and around those solo entrepreneurs. If you want to find out any more about what Justin does, please go over to his website at ThinkBiggerRealEstate. Uh, it's not .com, it's ThinkBigger.RealEstate. Uh, make sure all the show notes from today's show will be up on my website at ReadGooseWins.com. And I want to thank you all again for taking some time out of today to tune in to continue to grow your financial iq because that's what we're all about here on this show and if you do like this show please give it a five-star review on itunes and we're going to do it all again next week so be bold be brave and remember go give life a crack